Welcome to a special edition of the ACC Basketball Report. This is the Bracket Reveal Special. I am your host, Michael Hunter, also known as at Pecone36 on Twitter. Uh, just wrapped up with 1260 The Score. Uh, did a quick interview with them regarding uh, some ACC draws, uh, some ACC potential, and things of that nature. Um, got off the phone with those guys, uh, printed out a bracket, filled one out real quick. Wanted to share with you guys my bracket Um, my reasoning behind it, my thoughts on the bracket, my immediate thoughts, and, uh, you know, anything else that may come to mind real quick. Uh, First of all, I just want to say, what the fuck was that, TBS? We're going to go in there and we're going to talk about all the teams that we already know about in alphabetical order and just put it off, put it off, put it off, you know, make it into two hours, get that ad money, get that commercial money, and just draw it out. That was similar to basically promoing a movie in which Scarlett Johansson is going to be in a bikini in every scene that she's in, but she doesn't actually make any appearance in the movie until we're 50 minutes into the show. Um, I, it's an easy, it's an easy thing to do. The bracket is the star. Okay. You just have to reveal the bracket and then you break it down. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to make it look like a game show. It's simple. Everybody just wants to see the bracket. We're still going to watch. We're still going to watch you break it down. We're still going to watch the matchups, the interesting matchups that are going to happen later on. That doesn't need to happen the way that just happened. You know, we don't need to know the teams that are already in that we've known locked up bids a week ago. We already know. We're well aware. That's why we're watching. It's because we're basketball fans. Um, You you knew it was going to happen the way I was pounding on Syracuse. You knew they were going to make the tournament. Um, I think what was surprising was not that Syracuse made it. It's that Louisville wasn't even close to making it. And when you look at... The metrics, which people love, okay, I do not, I like the eye test, Louisville blows Syracuse out of the water on the eye test as well, okay, um, Syracuse has impressive metrics, I mean, if you're going to go by BPI, RPI, strength of schedule, uh, Ken Palm, whatever you're going to do, Syracuse also has numbers in th- that you have to pay attention to, okay, but some other things you have to pay attention to are, I want to know how the decision was made, I guess. And the guy that was just on CBS, that didn't that didn't suffice for me. Syracuse, their RPI is 45, Louisville's is 38. Syracuse has nine wins in ACC play, Louisville has 10. Both have 20 and 13 records. Louisville's strength of schedule is 15, Syracuse's is 18. Ken Palm has Louisville at 33, they have... Uh, Syracuse at 54. So what, I mean, was the Buffalo win that impressive? Um, I, I I guess it gives you a win over another tournament team because Buffalo is in this, in this field. But is the Oakland win that impressive? I mean, what do you see when you either watch Syracuse or look at their metrics that you don't see when you look at Louisville's? I mean, I'm not really sticking up for Louisville here. They played a shit schedule. They didn't beat anybody all season except Virginia Tech twice. But Louisville wasn't even the first four out. So apparently they weren't even close, even after they beat Florida State. So what happened there? You know, big question mark for me. Um, You know, Notre Dame was apparently the first team out. They got killed by Davidson today. Davidson beating URI was basically the nail in Louisville. uh, I'm sorry, in Notre Dame's coffin. 
and the Irish miss out. Uh, bottom line, Notre Dame just didn't have those wins. They didn't have the quality wins that needed to build that resume. You can only go so long on the Wichita State win. Um, I had them in, all of you know, based on upside. I thought that of the bubble teams left for the ACC, they had the highest upside um, to make to make some noise in this tournament. And I'm telling you right now, guys, breaking down this bracket that I did real quick, you know, I spent 10, 15 minutes on it before I sat down to record this podcast. It's it, it doesn't look good for the ACC. And I said as much on 1260 a few minutes ago. I, I don't like a lot of these matchups. Um, it, it's, it's not a situation where, like I said this morning on the weekly podcast, outside of those top three, Virginia, Duke, and North Carolina, I don't have a, a ton of faith in, in what's going on in this conference right now. It's been chaotic all year, and I think it's going to continue to do to be so in this tournament, and I think that the ACC is going to perform very poorly in this tournament. I'm going to go ahead and kind of go over some bubble teams, some teams that didn't make it. Uh, I'm going to pick a few upsets. I'm actually going to go through the bracket. I'm going to pick every game. So buckle up. Grab yourself a coffee. Uh, we're going to be here for just a few minutes. I'll try to make it as short and sweet as possible. And uh, real quick, bubble teams that made it in, Arizona State, Arkansas, Butler, Florida State, Oklahoma somehow makes it in, which listening to uh, the head of the committee on CBS a second ago, you know, they had great wins early in the season. You know, they were up to, what, number six in the country at one point. Um, but you can't lose 11 to 15 coming down the stretch and expect me to listen. Um, 18 and 13. Um, I, I just, Trey Young's great watch. Joe Lenardi was on ESPN earlier today saying that one game in one bracket over the whole landscape of the tournament doesn't produce enough dollars for uh, the committee to justify putting Oklahoma in just based on that. I think that's nonsense. Uh, I think that's exactly what it is. You know, Trey Young gets in because everybody wants to see him. Um, it's, you know, I just, I, I can't, I can't get behind it. I just don't think they earned it. And unfortunately, um, you know, I'm not the person that makes those decisions. Uh, some, you know, go, uh, Jesus. Going past Oklahoma, Syracuse makes it in, Texas makes it in, UCLA makes it in. Uh, some teams of note that did not make it in, obviously Louisville did not make it in, uh, Middle Tennessee State did not make it in, uh, Baylor, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, uh, Southern California, which was a team that a lot of people were on uh, before the beginning of the season, obviously losing uh, D'Anthony Melton uh, to you know suspicious behavior with his recruiting, I guess. Affected that season. Benny Boatwright got hurt. I think Chemezi met to um, maybe missed a game. But USC certainly underachieved this year. Uh, big things were thought to be coming Andy Enfield's way out in uh, Los Angeles. And unfortunately, you know, that's not what happened. Um, St. Mary's also the last notable team that don't make it in 28 and four, but had a, a basically a strength of schedule of like 200 and something. So not a huge surprise, especially in a year where the committee made it a point to put emphasis on the fact that you need to play teams and you need to play good teams away from home. Uh, they put a, you know, an emphasis on getting teams on the road. Um, again, Syracuse. Doesn't like to leave New York, but you know they they, they got they did just enough to get in this year. Jim Beheim is notorious for for not wanting to leave home, but when you actually look at some of the scheduling in the ACC, 
a lot of teams don't really leave home. It's not just Syracuse, you know. A lot of teams in the ACC don't travel very far. Virginia didn't leave the state of Virginia very often this year. If you go ahead and look at their, if you go ahead and look at their schedule. So real quick, uh, gonna run down the seeding and then I'll pick the bracket. Uh, Virginia, obviously the number one overall seed. They're in the South. They match up with uh, UMBC out of the America East. Uh, Midwest Conference gets uh, Clemson as a five seed facing New Mexico State. Duke, also in the Midwest, gets uh, a, a number two seed in the Midwest again against Iona. Florida State gets a nine playing Missouri. Uh, Miami gets a six in the South playing Loyola Chicago. NC State is also in the Midwest as a nine playing against number eight Seton Hall. Uh, UNC gets a deuce going up against Limp- Lipscomb. In a 215 matchup, Syracuse in the Midwest. They are in actually starting in Dayton um, in the the uh, the playing games at number 11, playing against Arizona State. Uh, the, in the East, Virginia Tech gets an eight seed. They will play number nine Alabama. Um, <laughs> guys, there's not a whole lot to like there. If you're a lot of if you're a lot of if you're a fan of a lot of them teams, those matchups are brutal. Um, I just don't see a lot of wins when you're looking at uh, the middle of the ACC. And let, let's just get into the bracket real quick. Um, I already put one out today, and I've done a radio show, and I just want to get through the bracket. I know you guys don't want to hear my voice any more than you need to. Virginia versus UMBC, obviously I got Virginia winning there. You go to the 8-9 in that bracket, you got Creighton and Kansas State. I have Creighton moving on. Kentucky and Davidson, I have Kentucky. Arizona and Buffalo, I have Buffalo. Now, in that region, the committee certainly did not do Virginia any favors by putting Kentucky and Arizona in that bracket. Um, Say Virginia advances to the Sweet 16, they're likely going to have to face one of those two teams. And if it's Arizona, I I don't know. Uh, I'm not. That's going to be an interesting game. Um, moving to the lower part of that region, Miami, Florida, as a six matches up with Loyola Chicago. I have Loyola Chicago winning that game. Uh, they are a team that is very well balanced, I guess would be the best way to put it. They have five guys that average double figures. They have a couple uh, guards in the backcourt that have been playing together since basically middle school. Um you know, that's a, a well-rounded team. They're all seniors and juniors. This is stuff that you see very often in um, in mid-major programs that make it to the tournament. They don't have a ton of height, which means that Dwan Hewell is probably going to eat in this matchup. But, you know, leadership, ball movement, this is a guard-driven uh, situation, a guard-driven tournament, a guard-driven game. Loyola Chicago has that. Miami has not performed well from the point guard position all year long. So I got Loyola Chicago with the upset at 11 over 6, beating Miami in the first round. Moving on, I got Tennessee over Wright State. I have Nevada over Texas. Uh, Texas, haven't seen a ton of them this year. They have a ton of talent. Obviously, uh, the loss of Andrew Jones to leukemia treatment ha- has been, um, you know, a big blow to them. And, and my, you know, my best wishes go out to him for a speedy recovery. Nevada's a really good team. I think they're probably underseeded as a seven right now. Again, um, you know, the, the committee not doing Texas a whole lot of favors. You know, the Martin twins that were at NC State, they currently play at Nevada. So, Nevada's a really talented team. Eric Musselman is doing a fantastic job out there. Moving on to the 215 matchup, I have Cincinnati over Georgia State. Now, this is really interesting because 
Georgia State is really, really talented. Now, obviously, Cincinnati plays really good defense, but Georgia State has a player named Demarcus Simons, who's a 6'5", basically a a, a point forward, I guess. He plays the one, two, or three positions. Uh, they have another supporting cast member called, uh, I can't remember his name. His last name is Ben Livy, and they have Jordan Sessions as well. Three really good players on Georgia State. As a 15 seed, Cincinnati cannot sleep on that team because Georgia State can score. Now, I'm not comparing Georgia Tech to Cincinnati, but Georgia State beat Georgia Tech in the hurricane relief game before the season, the game in which Josh Okoge broke his finger that kept him out for a few additional games after his six-game suspension was up. Okay, moving into the West bracket, I have Xavier obviously beating the 16 seed. They are the number one in the West bracket. Missouri matches up with Florida State in the 8-9 game. Okay. What a terrible draw for Florida State. Not that they deserve much better, but say they got the 12, okay, they'd be matching up with Ohio State, okay? Say they got the 11, they'd be matching up with Houston. Those matchups are way better for Florida State than this matchup with Missouri. Missouri just got back Michael Porter Jr., okay, who is a three-point shooting machine, and from what we've seen from Florida State all year this year, they do not guard, okay? They give up the, I believe, the most points in conference play this year at over 80 points a game, okay? Now, they're still scoring at a pretty good clip, but you cannot not play defense against these guys. Cassius Robertson, Jordan Barnett, formerly of Texas, both really good players, really good scorers. Jonte Porter is a 6'11 guy that can step out and hit a three as well. Um, this is a bad matchup, and I have Missouri beating Florida State. They, Florida State comes in kind of limping in this in this game. They have not played well down the stretch, and I have Florida State being a one-and-done playing against Missouri. Ohio State, San Diego State, I have Ohio State but it, it took me a second. South Dakota State has a player named Mike Dom. If you don't know who he is, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because you're not really a college basketball fan. Mike Dom is a big power forward who can shoot the three, rebound, plays all over the court. He's a big, gummy white kid that if you saw him, you would probably think he was a football player. But he is a fantastic basketball player. I would not be shocked here if this was the 12 over 5. Um, right now, I have Kata Bates Diop leading Ohio State into the second round to face the winner of Gonzaga UNC Greensboro on the 413. And I have Gonzaga winning there. UNC Greensboro, very good team. They have a guard named Francisco Alonso, who is a very good player. Keep an eye on that game. Uh, Gonzaga has played a, a pretty good schedule this year. They played some pretty good teams, but this Gonzaga team is not quite as good, I don't think, as as recent teams um, that they've had up in Spokane. So keep an eye on that game. Houston, San Diego State in the 6-11 moving to the bottom part of the region. I have Houston moving on there. I really like Rob Gray. I think he's a great player. Uh, Michigan, Montana. I have Michigan. Texas A&M, Providence. Texas A&M, you never know what you're going to get, man. That's a box of chocolates there. I like Providence a lot for whatever reason. I don't really know, but... I, I just I love Ed Cooley as a coach. I'm always a big fan of Providence. If I'm watching uh, a Big East game, Providence is the team that I'm typically rooting for. And again, UNC against Lipscomb in the 215 game. I got uh, UNC moving on there, which you know goes without saying. Moving over to the East bracket, I have Villanova over the 16, which I assume is going to be Long Island. It could be uh, Radford, but I expect Long Island to win that playing game. Virginia Tech in the eight spot playing against Bama. Um, again, what a terrible matchup. Um, 
both teams somewhat mimic each other. Uh, point guard driven Colin Sexton versus Justin Robinson. You're not going to get a better point guard matchup in the first round anywhere in this tournament, in my humble opinion. Um, I just don't know if if Virginia Tech can guard Colin Sexton, John Petty, and Dante Hall. Um, that's that's a tall order for this Virginia Tech team. Now, Alabama doesn't shoot the ball particularly well, and they don't actually guard the perimeter particularly well, which plays right into Virginia Tech's hands. But this Virginia Tech team, and I said it this morning on the podcast, they're not somebody that I'm going to put a whole lot of faith in right now. I just They're so up and down. They're so predictable. I can see them winning here by 20 easily, you know, but I can also see them losing by 20. So I like Colin Sexton. He's going to be the best player on the court, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I love Justin Robinson, but Colin Sexton, is a, he's a top seven draft pick probably. Uh, I'm going to take Bama over Virginia Tech. And, you know, uh, you know, right now it looks like I'm awful down on, on the ACC. I just don't think these matchups are very, very good, fellas, not for the ACC teams. Uh, moving on to the 5-12, West Virginia plays Murray State. I got West Virginia moving on there. Uh, Wichita State plays Marshall in the 413. I have Wichita, Wichita State moving on there. Now, in the 611 matchup, uh, St. Bonaventure and UCLA play to face off with the sixth seed Florida. I think St. Bonaventure is going to beat UCLA, and then I think they're going to beat Florida. I love Jalen Adams. Love him. Love me some Jalen Adams, people. Um, the kid can score. Florida has a tendency to. Go into lulls if their if their uh, if their three pointers aren't falling. Uh, St. Bonaventure's Bonaventure played a good schedule this year. Uh, came out of a tough conference in the in the Atlantic Ten. I know people are down on the Atlantic Ten, but uh, Atlantic Ten for my money is is one of the the most underappreciated conferences out there. Um, this roster they have three guys that average basically thirteen points or better in Matt Mobley, Jalen Adams, and Courtney Stock, Stockyard. They aren't well they, actually they drill it from three and they are 29th in the country guarding the three-point line uh, only allowing 32.1 percent to opponents and that is where florida makes their money i love this matchup for st bonaventure i think they move out of dayton out of the round of 64 and on to the saturday or sunday matchup 314, you got Texas Tech against St. I'm sorry, S Stephen F. Austin. I think Texas Tech moves on there. 710, Arkansas against Butler. Really like Arkansas there, but I would not put it outside their own possibilities that Keelan Martin and Kamar Baldwin go absolutely batshit in that game. Uh, Kamar Baldwin is a fantastic defender at the point of attack, at the point guard position. I can see him causing some havoc with Arkansas, but I can also see Arkansas beating him by 15. I'm going to take Arkansas um, in a close game. I think that's going to be one of the best games of the first round. Purdue in the 215 over Cal State, uh, Cal State Fullerton. I think that's an easy pick, obviously. Purdue is a great team this year. Moving into the Midwest Regional Kansas is the one. They will beat Penn in the first round. Again, no 16s ever beaten one. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Seton Hall faces NC State in the 8-9. NC State is the number nine. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to take NC State here. I like Yurt Seven's ability to drag Angel, Delga Angel Delgado all around that court. Delgado's got to have to come out and guard him, or Yurt Seven's going to sit outside and drill threes all day. 
Okay, NC State is a team that's well-rounded. They have an athlete on the wing in Torn Dorn. They have a sniper on the wing in Al, Al, Jesus, Al Freeman. Um, Desi Rodriguez is a little bit dinged up. He took that slip and fall during either the last game of the regular season or in the in the uh, the Big East tournament. There, he's a he's a pivotal part of uh, of that of that team. Obviously, Miles Powell is a freshman who does play very well though, and can certainly fill in. Um, I like and I like Seton Hall a lot. I just I think they they don't particularly match up with what NC State's going to do. And if NC State is able to put their press on, I, I like the the Wolfpack to move on there. Uh, in the five twelve, <laughs> Clemson's the five. New Mexico State is the twelve. This is a terrible matchup for Clemson. Um, they're going against a team that's got a player named Zach Lofton, who's a six four senior guard who scores about twenty a game. Um, you know, the Mexico State runs through the whack every year. Uh, Chris Jan's doing a terrific job out there. They, let's look here, 64th in the country in three-pointers allowed. Um, you know, right now Clemson's a one-dimensional team, and I just I, – I could see – you know, Gabe DeVoe, they did not play well against Virginia when they got knocked out of the ACC tournament. Of course, I'm not comparing New Mexico State to Virginia. Okay. Um, New Mexico State, however, is 10th in the country in points per game allowed. Again, they play in the whack. Okay. This is an ACC team, but you always see a 12 beat a 5. And. I mean, I, I don't have the stats right in front of me as far as how often it happens, but it happens pretty frequently. This is going to be, I think this is the easiest pick of of the 12-5 games is New Mexico State over Clemson. Um, I was on Clemson all year. I, I, I really like their makeup. I really like some of their players, Marquise Reed especially. But uh, I just, I think this is this is the New Mexico State game here. Moving into the 4-13 matchup, I got Auburn over Charleston. Charleston is a good team though, so... Uh, keep an eye on that one. Moving into the six eleven, this is where Syracuse plays the playing game. Uh, they play the playing game against Arizona State, which is I, I don't know how to pick this game. Um, if you remember, Arizona State started out the year twelve and zero. They've got a win over a couple number one teams. Um, they're Guard-driven, they shoot the ball really well. Uh, Romello White, who was a former uh, signee of Georgia Tech, is playing for them, playing very well. Um, this is, it's going to go one of either two ways. I think either Arizona State comes out firing, and Augustus and Holder, and I can't remember the other kid's name. They come out and they just start blistering from three land, and Syracuse doesn't really know what to do, or they shoot terribly, and Syracuse ekes out a two-point win. I think Arizona State has more talent. Um, I think, you know, this is a situation where Tyus Battle might score 30 and Syracuse only scores 55 as a team. Um, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibilities. I think Arizona State's going to win this game. They're going to move on to face TCU, and I think Arizona State's going to win that game as well. So I uh, have both winners of the 11 play-in game. The, the 11 seed playing game moving into the round of 32 in St. Bonaventure and Arizona State. Moving into the 314 in Michigan State against Bucknell. Bucknell is very good. Okay. I've seen them play at least once this year that I that I remember. 
that, that's a very good team. Unfortunately, Michigan State's one of the best teams in the country. Uh, they will obviously move on. I have Rhode Island over Oklahoma in the 7-10 matchup, and I have Duke over Iona in the 2-15 matchup. This matchup of URI and Duke in the second round is going to be must-see TV because Duke does not defend the perimeter very well, and URI is loaded with guys that just want to shoot threes all day. It's going to be awesome to watch. Um, let's go quickly back through. I'm going to go back to the south bracket Come back down through. I've got UVA over Creighton. Uh, Creighton is a guard-driven team. I think UVA is going to lock them up, and they move into the Sweet 16. Kentucky against Arizona. Arizona um, all day, I think. I don't really think that's a fantastic matchup for Kentucky. Uh, Arizona's got the front line to really shut them down. DeAndre Ayton is playing like a maniac lately. Uh, Loyola Chicago and Tennessee. I've got Tennessee in that game. Nevada and Cincinnati. I've got Cincinnati moving on there. Moving into the West region, I have Xavier beating Missouri. Um, I'm pretty shaky on that game. It all depends on how Michael Porter Jr.'s back feels, really. Um, and, you know, Missouri's relying on a bunch of freshmen, you know, a bunch of young kids to uh, and, and Kevin per year. You know, I, I don't know what to think of Missouri. They, they might lose by 30 to Florida State in the first round. I think they'll definitely lose to Xavier. But they could also make a run to the Final Four. They have that type of talent. Uh, Ohio State against Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga moving on to the Sweet 16. Uh, Houston against Michigan. I have Michigan moving to the Sweet 16. And Providence against UNC. I have UNC moving on there. Moving back over to the East, I have Villanova beating Bama handily. I think that's a bad matchup for Bama. But uh, we'll see. You know, you're betting against Colin Sexton, who is the type of guy that's going to get up for a tournament like this. He wants to show out. He wants to prove that he's the best guard in the country. And doing it against Jalen Brunson is going to amp him up like nothing you've ever seen before. He's going to be out there talking shit, trying to get in Jalen Brunson's head. Whether or not that's effective, I don't believe that. I don't believe it will be, but he's going to try it. He's going to be entertaining in that game. He's going to step up in that game. That's going to be a closer game than some might imagine. Uh, Wichita State over West – I'm sorry. I have West Virginia over Wichita State in the top half of that, setting up a really interesting matchup in the Sweet 16, but we'll get to that in a second. I think Texas Tech beats uh, St. Bonaventure. I think Purdue takes care of Arkansas to finish out the east side regional Moving into the next uh, Midwest, we'll get into I'm sorry, Kansas, NC State. I think that's the end of the road for NC State. Um, I like in this matchup for NC State, but there's something about Kansas. Uh, Devontae Graham, there's some kind of mystique there. He's, a, he's fantastic. In big game situations, I, I love LeGerald Vick. He's one of my favorite players that nobody ever talks about. Uh, Silvio D'Souza played very well in the Big 12 tournament, I thought, um, especially the game I just watched yesterday. So, I, I, end of the road for the Wolfpack. Um, I, I wish it would have laid out different because I really like watching this team play, but unfortunately, I think uh, they're going to fall to Kansas. I have Auburn beat New Mexico State. I don't really want to take Auburn this far, but they're you know the matchups just I think play in their favor. Arizona State, Michigan State I have Michigan State moving on to the game that I think we're all going to be looking forward to in the Sweet 16, which is after Duke beats URI, we get that rematch from earlier this season when Grayson Allen went ballistic and uh, Duke beat Michigan State in the Champions Classic. I like that to be a repeat performance. Um, 
I think Duke will dispatch the Michigan State. Michigan State has been somewhat underachieving this year. I mean, it's, it's kind of foolish to say because they've been on the 2-3 line for the last few weeks. But also when you look at some of their – you know, metrics are good for some things. I'm going to say that. I'm not going to say that they're terrible for, for making this field, but they do tell you some things, okay? Michigan State has only played like seven Quadrant 1 teams all season long, okay? They don't see a team like Duke very often. When they do, they lose like they just did to Michigan the other day. So I, I think Duke handles Michigan State – pretty easily in that rematch. I think Kansas will handle Auburn uh, to move on to the Elite Eight. And that'll take care of the Midwest Regional at the Midwest Finals. So I have that matchup as Duke and Kansas, which is terrible because I have a futures ticket for both of those teams to win the national championship. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, I have Purdue dispatching of Texas Tech. And I have Villanova beating West Virginia in a game that – I, I don't know what to think. You know, obviously Villanova is a guard oriented team. They have tremendous talent on in both their point guard positions and their wing slots in uh, Mikhail Bridges uh, and Jalen Brunson. Um, if West Virginia can hold this game in the 50s, I think they have a chance. Otherwise, I think Villanova is just going to blow them away with, with that quality play. I, I can't bet against Jalen Brunson. So in the East uh, Regional, I have the 1-2 matchup uh, holding, chalk holding again with uh, Villanova and Purdue, which I'm not a big chalk guy. I don't really care for that. And now I'm looking at my bracket and I'm having second thoughts. Anyway, um, Moving back over to the south bracket, I got Virginia against uh, Arizona. I like Arizona here. I, I think it's the end of the road for Virginia in the uh, in the Sweet 16, unfortunately. DeAndre Ayton is just a machine, guys. I, I you know, I, I don't think he's a player that Isaiah Wilkins, as good of a defender as he is, I don't see Wilkins being able to, to stop Ayton. Uh, Alonzo Trier is a fantastic scorer from the wing. Raleigh Hawkins is a, is probably one of the best third options in the entire country. I, I love this Arizona team um, as far as talent goes. Um, I actually hold the ticket for them as well. But um, it, it, I, I just – at some point – uh, uh, some high-flying, athletic, really good scoring team I think is going to take down Virginia. I think Arizona is built specifically for that. Moving into the next uh, in the next game for the South Regional in the Sweet 16, I have Tennessee and Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati moving on to face Arizona in the South Regional Final. And moving down to the West, I have Xavier over Gonzaga, and I have UNC beating Michigan for the second time this season. So my Elite Eight right now, as it looks, is Arizona, Cincinnati, Xavier, UNC, Duke, Kansas, Purdue, and Villanova. It is so chalky it hurts, and it's going to burn. It's going to crash and burn, people. Do not follow this bracket. I'm seeing so many things wrong with it right now. But uh, at the same time, um, I don't know. I, I, when I'm filling it out, it makes sense. Never second-guess yourself as a rule. This is the bracket I'm probably going to put in, like, the Million Dollar Challenge or whatever the hell it is on ESPN, and I'm not going to – to you know, mess with it. I'm just gonna set it and leave it, and I'll screw around with some of the other the other brackets because every year I, I mess with it and every year I screw it up. I think I had 420 points in last year's Mike and Mike's bracket. All right, going back to the South Regional, Arizona and Cincinnati in the Elite Eight uh, for the for the right to go to the Final Four. This is gonna be a great matchup. Uh, Kyle Washington, great big man for Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a great defensive team. They, I actually just watched them play Houston uh, in the AAC 
final, um, and they, they won by one point on Gary Clark free throw. Uh, Gary Clark, another fantastic player, is is going to match up very well uh, with that Arizona front line. I have Arizona winning this game. I, I don't know what it is about Arizona. I, I know that they're susceptible to a letdown here or there, um, but that, that talent – is unbelievable. I mean, watch. Maybe it's just because I want to watch DeAndre Ayton play more as much as possible. He's just he's so much fun to watch. Um, I, you know, I and and it's a depth thing too. You know, Dusan Ristich is a good as another seven footer that averages twelve and seven on this team. Okay, I just I think that as good as the Cincinnati front line is, the Arizona front line is just that much better. So I have Arizona. Out of the four slot in the south, making the final four. Moving down to the west in a Xavier-UNC matchup, I have UNC moving to the final four. Uh, plain and simple, I just – UNC's played a tremendous schedule so far this season. They have 14 wins against Quadrant 1 teams. Now, granted, I talk about that I don't like these metrics all the time, but I still keep using them. They are good reference numbers to tell you information such as this. UNC has the most quadrant one wins of anybody in Division One right now. They've played a tremendous schedule. They, this team is so well prepped for this tournament because they're going to see quality teams all the way through. They get in round of 32, they're going to see either Providence or Texas A&M. Then they've got to play either probably Michigan or Houston. That's crazy. There, there's no rest for, for anybody in this tournament right now. It is loaded. This field is so loaded that the NIT is loaded with teams that couldn't make it into this tournament, and the NIT is going to be awesome this year with teams like Louisville, Middle Tennessee State, Notre Dame, Baylor, Oklahoma State, USC, and St. Mary's. That's a crazy slate for the NIT, and I hope they all make it to New York because I want to see them teams play each other. So I got UNC coming out of the West Regional in the Final Four. Going over to the East – I've got Villanova and Purdue. I really like Villanova here. Um, I, I'm a sucker for Jalen Brunson and, and Mikhail Bridges, man. I just That's basically what it comes down to me. I've been a huge fan of Jalen Brunson for his entire college career. I love watching Villanova play. Jay Wright is a fantastic coach. On the flip side, so is Matt Painter. And Carson Edwards is a fantastic player. Vince Edwards is a fantastic player. Uh, Dakota Mathias is maybe the most underrated player, at least in the Big Ten and maybe even the country. This is a really good game. I hope we all get to see it. Moving into the Midwest bracket, Kansas and Duke. You know, I, I picked Duke before the season to win the whole damn thing. It would be weird to back out on it now. Um, and I'm not going to. I got Duke beating Kansas. I think that Duke front line is going to eat big time against that Kansas front line. Uh, you know, Carter and Bagley and uh, Delorier and Marcus. Is it Marcus or Marquise? Because it's spelled like Marcus, but everybody pronounces it like Marquise. I'm going to say it's Marcus. Marcus Bolden. Those four guys are going to destroy that thin Kansas front line. LeGerald Vick's going to have to guard one of those guys, and it's not going to end well for them. So I got Duke moving to the Final Four. I got two ACC teams in the Final Four. Okay, I got Arizona, I got Nova, I got Duke, I got UNC. Arizona, UNC. What have I said for the last three weeks? Uh, Luke May. Okay, Great player. First team, all ACC, got him on my teams. When does he struggle? against athletic big men. There is nobody that personifies athletic big men more than DeAndre Ayton. 
And if they want to play that death lineup against these two seven-footers and Raleigh Hawkins and, and Alonzo Trier, whoo, boy, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how UNC wins this game unless, uh, unless Joel Berry goes psychotic and and just makes J- uh, Parker Jackson Cartwright cry in the corner. I, I don't see. I, I don't. I don't see it. I just don't see how UNC wins this game. I have Arizona moving on to the national final to play against Duke. Um, this game was difficult to pick. Duke and Villanova in the final four. A bunch of freshmen against a bunch of upperclassmen. A bunch of people who've been there before against a bunch of people who've never been in this tournament before. Um, I don't know what it is about Duke. I'm just buying into this talent. This is the most talented freshman class I've ever seen. And that's, that's you know, Bolden. I'm, I'm sorry, not Bolden. Uh, that's Bagley, Carter, Duval, Trent. And don't forget about Alex O'Connell. You know, he comes in, he's going to hit a big three. He's going to do something crazy in this tournament that's going to win Duke a game. I'm, I'm gonna put my, if I could, I would put money on that. Um, this is just it's it's a crazy class, it's a crazy talented team. Grayson Allen has been getting up for big games all year long. Bagley goes out, he steps up. They play Michigan State in the Champions Classic. Uh, Allen steps up um, in the uh, North Carolina game the other night. He stepped up, played well at the beginning initially, and then and then not so much later. But this is his swan song. He's on the way out. He will. He'll be a good player in the league, but he's not going to be a big man on campus like he is right now. And he is just arrogant enough to crave that spotlight and want to be BMOC. And I think he gets it done against Villanova. This is going to be a great game. I, I, I love this tournament right now as far as not so much parity, but just there are so many talented players in this field. I could see every pick that I made going the other way almost. I guess that is parody, right? But uh it's this is a crazy field. This it's insane. I I'm so looking forward to it. It's a tragedy that I have to work Thursday and Friday. I might just get fired on purpose so I can watch this tournament. So, I've got Duke and Arizona, which I think I think that's the matchup everybody wants to see, right? I think that's 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 where the ratings are at. That's where the money's at. That's where the talent's at. That's where the NBA futures are at. This is the matchup that I think we all want to see. Uh, certainly the matchup I want to see, considering Georgia Tech's not in the field. So if I'm going to watch something, I'm going to watch Marvin Bagley go against DeAndre Ayton. You know, I'm going to watch Gary Trent go against Raleigh Hawkins, and I'm going to watch Grayson Allen go against Alonzo Trier. Can you imagine a better final than that? Probably never happened. Arizona will probably lose in the first fucking round, and – you know, it'll be, who knows, Cincinnati and Auburn in the final. Highly doubt that, too. But anyway, so Bagley against Aiton, Trier against Allen, Hawkins against Trent, Duval against Parker uh, Jackson Cartwright, which finally, I guess, Duval will dominate Jackson Cartwright. Cartwright is a kid who is a, is a good quality point guard, uh, but that's about all he is. He's not super athletic. He's not super scoring. He's he's just he's gonna put you in positions to win. He's steady, but uh, Duval's probably gonna eat him up. Um, this is gonna be an 89-87 game, I think, if not more. Um, it all depends on can Hawkins hit threes, can Alonzo Trier hit threes, can uh, Aiton and Ristic. Uh, keep up. I don't want to say keep up, but I think I think Carter and Bagley is a better 
frontline combo than Aiton and Ristic. I'm going to take Duke to win the national championship here. Um, it has a little bit of to do with wagering I've made before the season, but it also has the fact to do that I just in certain positions, point guard most specifically, Duke has the talent I think to cause problems for Arizona. And for that reason, I think uh, Trayvon Duvall is going to play very well in that championship game. As long as he doesn't shoot threes, as long as he goes to the hole, I think he can get by Jackson Cartwright on the dribble. And I think he's going to get into the lane. I think he's going to score or at least draw fouls, potentially put one of them, two seven-footers, Ristich or uh, Aiden, in foul trouble. If that happens, I think Duke wins that game. Now, there's a lot of different ways that that can go wrong and not come true. We're going to see how it plays out. For right now, that's that's my bracket. That's how I'm putting it in. I'm going to put it in for the Millie Maker, and I'm going to probably be out after the first weekend and get beat by somebody who picked uh, teams to win based on cheerleaders' uh, uniform color or how many shiny sequins they have on their uniforms or how much glitter is in their hair or who comes from the city that has the most craft brewing uh, facilities in that city something like that will be the team that beat or be the bracket that beats me so when it comes to the ACC teams you know I've got uh, I got Virginia in the sweet 16 before they losing I have Miami Florida State losing in the first round I have North Carolina going to the final four I have Duke winning it all I have Syracuse losing in the first uh, playing 11 seed game I have Clemson losing in the first round. I have NC State beating Seton Hall and then losing on the round of 32. And I have Virginia Tech falling in the first round to Alabama. Um, I want to appreciate, I want to say thank you for you guys uh, tuning in for the uh, the bracket breakdown special for the ACC Basketball Report podcast. I hope you guys keep listening. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Don't forget to like, rate, review, tell your friends, tell your siblings, tell your mom, um, anybody who's an ACC fan about what we're trying to build here, what we're trying to do. Any feedback you want to give, absolutely more than welcome. And if you want to support the podcast, Go to accbasketballreport.com, click on the RSS feed that brings you to my Podbean page, click on Be a Patron, and help out the podcast however you see fit. I appreciate all donations and assistance that I receive. Uh, Again, working on stickers, working on bumper stickers. I even found a guy yesterday who is doing a t-shirt press for me. We are talking, but I'm still trying to get the artwork right. I'm kind of particular when it comes to that, so be patient. It's on the way. I hope you guys have a fantastic week at work. I know I probably won't, but pick wisely. Good luck in all the Millie Makers unless you have to play against me. And uh, go out there and dominate your brackets. Have a great week. I'll talk to you guys next Sunday.